What is going on, you guys? It is Jake here bringing you all a Friday podcast uh, for your listening and viewing pleasure. This one is going to be an interview show between myself, Eric, and uh, Matt Wyrick of the Baltimore Sun. Matt is one of the new guys on the beat, one of the new young guys on the beat. He joined the uh, Sun's coverage of the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, in January. As he gets into in the interview, he's basically in his third week on the job, I think he said. So been a tumultuous uh, tumultuous start for him here uh, in a good way uh, and actually in a little bit of a bad way, but we didn't really get into that. This one was recorded ahead of the opening of spring training, so we didn't get into anything as far as the injuries went uh, to Bradish and uh, all the other guys, Basalo, that are dealing with uh, injuries to open camp. So I wanted to let you guys know uh, ahead of time on the interview uh, and just wanted to provide this quick intro here to explain everything uh, and also wanted to go ahead and plug... Uh, the Jimmy's Famous Seafood Tailgoat event that is going to be happening on opening day. Going to be featuring DJ Pauly D as the headliner. They're going to have one Nick Markakis in the house, uh, as well as yours truly. And uh, the, all the rest of the X52 podcast crew, we're going to be hoping to do a live show out there. Um, just have a little fun with it, mix it up, hopefully get some guests rotating in and out. It's going to be a really fun time. So if you want to get tickets to that, and I don't know why you wouldn't, head to jimmysfamousseafood.com and check out their events tab. Like I said, it's going to be an absolute uh, smash of a time. It's going to be a banger. So go ahead and get your tickets to that. Come out and have a drink with the boys. Watch the live show. Watch DJ Pauly D and just have a good time as we get ready to welcome the boys of summer uh, back into Camden Yard. So I just wanted to uh, record this intro to, like I said, uh, preview Matt Wyrick going to be coming up here in a second and to plug the Jamie's Famous Seafood Tailgoat happening on March 28th. So like I said, get your tickets to that. Let's have some fun and uh, I'll throw it over to the interview. Thanks, guys. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. Uh, first time appearing on these airwaves. Hasn't been on the beat too long for the Orioles with the uh, Baltimore Sun. It's Matt Wyrick. How are we doing tonight, sir? Doing well, and you nailed it on first try, the last name. That's nice. Well, it's good, and I probably should do this myself. I think I did at one point, but it's good that you put the pronunciation in the Twitter bio. That's always very helpful. Mm -hmm. I, I try. I try. Everyone gets it wrong, so I'm pretty used to it. Yep, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, you, you just came on the beat. Uh, was it last month? You, you're just starting out here in 2024? Uh, this is my third week uh, on the <laughs> beat. So it has been a, a hell of a three weeks, let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. It's been tumultuous, uh, exciting times, though, um, particularly with the ownership transition. Um, and that initially kind of it broke before you were on the beat, kind of at least the uh, the idea germinating a little bit. How closely were you tracking that when it started? Because like you didn't have the job yet, I guess. Maybe you were in talks for it. What's it been like covering since all that kind of be became official? Yeah, the the news came down on my second day. Uh, day one was getting my laptop and my pass for our office. And day two was uh, covering the biggest breaking news story of the last 30 years So uh, for the Orioles. So it was uh, it was a crazy uh, start for sure. Uh, obviously, had, had seen the, the rumblings. Um, back in December, um, I worked in the DC market, so looked at a lot of things from the national point of view and the, how they're connected through Masson and things like that. So it was always of interest to me uh, professionally uh, to follow along uh, in what was going on. And I also worked at a, an RSN as well, a Monumental Sports Network. So uh, just industry news kind of relevant to me there too. But uh, certainly uh, needed to play catch up a little bit uh, right off the bat there. Uh, figuring out who who David Rubenstein was and, and what he might bring uh, to Baltimore as an owner. And, and I think a lot of fans are, are pretty thrilled uh, with his potential and, and what he can do. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been crazy. Obviously, the Corbin Burns news broke two days after that. Um, and all the while, uh, my partner, uh, Jacob Calvin Meyer, was on paternity leave 
Uh, so it was a uh, it was a lot of uh, solo coasts in there, but have a great staff of editors and other reporters I work with and leaned on them a ton. It is kind of and like the workplaces say this all the time, like, oh, we're kind of, you know, it's a sink or swim kind of thing. Like we like to throw people into the fire and see how they do. That's like the ultimate like, hey, you're you're you know, you're you're we're throwing you right into it right now. Oh, by the way, your partner's on paternity leave like and like, the, uh, hectic, fast paced environment meme. I think it actually might be true in your case. Yes. 100%. Yes. And again, 100%. like people, you know how many people have worked in your job being like, I would love to cover a sale right now. Like that would be so great. And you just like walked right in and like Buster Olney is probably seething being like, ah, this guy, like he has everything I want. But um, again, it's, it's only been about three weeks. Um, what's kind of been your first impression of the beat and, and, you know, now that you've at least kind of had a taste for it and, and again, are kind of, I guess in the pool and sinking or swimming, I would, I would say you're swimming pretty well. It's your first Thanks. impression. <laughs> I try. Um, yeah, it's it's been cool. Uh, I know that I am stepping. It's kind of perfect timing the way I see it with how I started is how this new era of Orioles baseball really kicks off. I mean, this is the first year that we're going in where the team has not just ex expectations to make the playoffs, uh, but expectations to win and go deep into the playoffs. Um, now with the owner as well, I mean, them making moves to win now and acquiring Burns, like this is a very different Orioles team than ones that past beat reporters have covered uh, for the last few years. So I understand that that things aren't normally like this, and I'm trying to take that into account um, when when writing. But uh, everybody I've talked to so far has been extremely welcoming, you know, not just uh, people at the Sun, but other beat reporters as well and, and people within PR. So I, I'm not down in Sarasota yet. I'm getting down there next week. I'm very excited to meet everybody in person. I uh, have met a few people already, but uh, certainly going to get a, a real grasp of all the people that are involved, uh, not just within the Orioles, but the coverage itself. And I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, we uh, and we'll talk about Sarasota, too. You mentioned Jacob is going down there, coming fresh off paternity leave on Valentine's Day. That's going to be quite something for him. Um, but, I mean, talk about getting thrown into the fire. I mean, you were out at the uh, – was it the owners' meetings where you were kind of tweeting a little bit about all that had been progressing with the transaction and everything? What were some of your takeaways for sort of MLB's perceptions at large about the transaction and how smoothly they expected it all to go over? Because I think you put it out on Twitter that it sounds like they're they're all hoping for this thing to just kind of be lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, while, you know, David Rubenstein hasn't been installed yet, it certainly seems like everybody is motivated to make it happen quickly. Uh, and that includes, you know, Rubenstein and Angelos themselves. You know, I, I think where we're at in the process right now, uh, they just need to get a lot of paperwork and, and approvals done uh, for this to move quickly. It's, it's really in the hands of Angelos and Rubenstein to take care of business. Uh, I, from the sense that I'm gathering, Major League Baseball and, and the owners within uh, don't plan to hold this process up at all. Uh, you know, there's there is certainly a vetting process that has to be done. It's already underway. Uh, but it's not like Rubenstein is some kind of like hidden billionaire that's come out of the woodwork to buy a team. He's a very famous guy. And, uh, you know, certainly his his history and, and spending is very well documented. Uh, so it's not something that is expected to take a while. So I would imagine that 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 is going to be the case that, you know, within, you know, six weeks, perhaps that, that something happens. Um, that's that's been the, the time frame that's been floated around. But no, I think, as has been the case in many situations over the last couple of decades, Masson is potentially the only thing that could hold things up, um, you know, whether that being, you know, MLB. Uh, using its right to force the Orioles to include it in some type of sale. Um, you know, that whether that is going to happen remains to be seen, but it's something that I think, you know, Rubenstein, his 
his familiarity with with Angelos and how quickly this all appeared to have come together, uh, it seems like something that that could be worked through in a timely manner. I'm shocked, number one, that Masson could be a, a holdup or, you know, there's something hung up there. That doesn't sound like Masson at all. Um, <laughs> but, uh, again, how how caught off guard were you by the Corbin Burns trade? Again, I mean, you know, you're sitting there doing the deep dive on Rubenstein, and then, you, like you said, you blink, and it's like, oh, by the way, now they have a top five pitcher in baseball. Um, again, a lot of the fan base, we had kind of just been like, I guess this is who we're rolling with. You know, everyone was so hyper-focused on Cease and Burns, name was always thrown around, but I don't think anyone ever really kind of thought that he was like a, an actual target. Um, but again, how, how kind of caught off guard were you at that news when, uh, when that, when that trade came down, what was it two weeks ago tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, no, it, it definitely, the timing was, was very interesting. And, you know, I don't think that the two, you know, moves were necessarily connected between the owner taking over, new owner taking over and this move being made, especially considering it's a, a move for that only includes uh, 2024 and has no future commitments. Um, but at the same time, you know, we had a, we were starting to plan our entire like full week rollout of content centered around Rubenstein. And all of a sudden we have this Cy Young caliber pitcher that we need to, to cover as well. So that certainly altered our, uh, our content planning. Um, but as far as the move itself, you know, I, I think that, I was listening through all of uh, Michael Elias's uh, comments that he had made dating back to the end of last season and all of his press conferences. And one thing that stood out to me from his comments from the Birdland caravan was it just didn't, he didn't seem like a guy who was done. You know, it, it definitely gave to me an idea of, you know, this has been a slow moving market. You look at free agency, there's so many big names out there. You know, there haven't really been a ton of major trades. And as he noted, two of the biggest starting pitchers to change team this off this offseason came out of the AL East. Uh, Chris Sale being traded to Atlanta from Boston uh, and Tyler Glass now going from the Rays to L.A. Neither of those teams were going to trade those guys to the Orioles. So as far as other you know big name pitchers changing hands, it really hadn't happened. Uh, and, and Burns was a guy who it did seem like, you know, at a certain point, the Brewers started to add pieces. They signed Reese Hoskins, uh, which seemed like a win now move. And uh, it, it seemed like they were going to go all in on, on keeping Burns. And then all of a sudden this move drops. And and certainly uh, it's it's surprising that the, the Orioles are finally willing to, to orchestrate a move that sacrifices future potential for win now pieces. But if any time is the time to do it, I think it's right now. This team looks ready. Uh, it has, you know, it, not complete roster, you know, like the, the Dodgers maybe are rewriting that definition. Uh, but certainly the Orioles look as close to a World Series contender as any team in the American League. Sure. Yeah. And you mentioned the idea of him not being done in relation to this move. And I think it's super interesting because they had gone out and done the Kimbrel thing. And that was kind of looked at as uh, by a lot of fans. And I think we had our trepida trepidation as well as like, are they done here? And, you know, no, obviously they're going to get burns, but it does kind of make me wonder, like, there's still some guys out there. There's some free agent names out there. There may be some trade targets out there that could really push this roster even further over the top. Do you expect... Uh, or think it's a possibility that they could go and make a move for that veteran bat or, you know, an outfielder or whatever it is, maybe move some of these prospects that they still kind of have swelling up in the pipeline. You know, I, I think that as for right now, it doesn't sound like uh, Michael Elias plans to make any major moves. I mean, I think that it's notable that in the last, I guess, two weeks, 10 days, uh, he's acquired four fringe major leaguers to fill out the 40-man roster. So now if they do sign anybody, somebody would have to get waived, DFA'd, whatever. Um, and, and so that is certainly now, you know, you, you, Mike Elias operates like a general manager who wants to maintain control uh, of players for as long as possible. And giving up control of any single one player is a big decision. 
Um, so I have a feeling they're going to want to, especially on the position player side, see how things work out in camp. Um, you know, Felix Bautista is the only player we know uh, is headed to the 60-day IL at this point. But uh, if anything else crops up and an injury happens in camp, I, I certainly wouldn't rule them out making a deal then. Um, but as far as adding major league talent right now, it, it doesn't look like there's a near move on the horizon. You talked about heading down to Sarasota in a couple of weeks. Um, is there anything specific that fans should be looking for down down in Sarasota? Any of the storylines? Obviously, the big one is Jackson Holiday, um, but I kind of take him out of the equation. What, what's something else that fans should be kind of focusing on and, and paying attention to uh, the storylines out of Sarasota? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see Colton Kowser and Heston Kersad. Uh, and how they perform here uh, in spring training, because it does seem like there's a path for at least one of them to make the roster, potentially both, and potentially neither, uh, which is such an in, unusual position for two guys who have certainly proved themselves at the AAA level and are established top 50 prospects in the game. And on almost any other team, these guys would be getting the inside track to a starting job. But for the Orioles, they are locked in basically three starters. And as I pointed out on Twitter earlier today, they have a ton of outfield depth and a lot of options uh, for guys. Jorge Mateo is going to be taking reps at center field in spring. So uh, what they plan to do with these two guys, and as well as Kobe Mayo, I, I think is, is super interesting um, because they've certainly showed they deserve a, a chance, but with the, the Orioles luxury of prospects and, and really position player talent in general, uh, there just might not be room for them. But that doesn't mean that that one of them or both can't make the opening day roster. They can certainly get creative. We know Brandon Hyde loves to use his platoon matchups uh, as much as possible. For you personally, and your job is kind of like a dream job for a lot of baseball fans. And obviously there's a lot that goes into it. And it's a lot of hard work, obviously. But what kind of what kind of excites you about some of these players that you're going to get to watch? Is there anyone specific? You mentioned a lot of these prospects that uh, really we haven't got a, a ton of opportunities to see. You talked about Kobe Mayo a little bit. Like that's a guy that obviously is a big name up around here, but we haven't seen a ton of him. Hasn't been in the majors yet. So is there anyone that you personally are kind of really fired up to get an eye on? Um, I've heard really good things about James McCann and the kind of insight that he brings. Uh, you know, one of the obviously the biggest veterans that's going to be on this team. Uh, and and something you know I think is is interesting with Burns coming over is is he's going to he was an Amer a National League pitcher and now pitching in the American League, facing almost completely new competition. Uh, I'm really interested to kind of dive in with him and McCann, somebody who has switched leagues before and works with pitchers uh, to kind of provide that insight. So that's. That's a little sneak preview of the story I'm, I'm looking at covering uh, when I get down there. But, uh, you know, these guys, you know, almost all of them are, are new to me. You know, I, I grew up in the D.C. area. Uh, I was a Nationals fan as a kid, and I got the chance to cover that team for two years um, in my first couple of years with NBC Sports Washington. And that was kind of a dream come true because I was covering a lot of guys that, uh, you know, I'd grown up rooting for. But as I got established in this career, uh, it, it you start to look at, you know, athletes and, and teams a different way because, uh, you know, they're just people that you talk to in a room, you know, a couple of times a week um, and, and start to forge relationships with. And, you know, I'm just kind of excited for what is really a fresh slate uh, with this Orioles team and, and you know, a really young core uh, guys who, you know, haven't you know established themselves in the, in, in the major league so far, haven't made a, a lot of those relationships that, that players do with reporters. So kind of excited with this team to kind of get in on the ground floor and, uh, you know, be a part of this beat for a while. You kind of led perfectly into the next question. How excited are you to dive in and, and really cover a team like this? Like you said, it's just young core loaded from top to bottom. I mean, again, established superstars. 
on the major league level. But like you said, I mean, countless prospects who, who are knocking on the door for, you would think stardom again, top 50 guys, top 10 guys. How excited are you to, again, like cover in and, and just, you know, go, go through the season with it, with a team like this? Yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped. And I don't know if, if I should even say this um, on the public airwaves, but I, I've carried a bit of a curse with me um, since oh my start gosh. to my career. I covered the Nationals for two seasons and those two seasons. Uh, they missed the playoffs and traded guys like Max Scherzer and Juan Soto at the deadlines. Um, and then I switched over to the Capitals for hockey and the Caps missed the playoffs for only the second time in the last 15 years. Uh, and then we're halfway through a season in which it doesn't look like they're going to be making it back once again. Uh, and Alex Ovechkin fell off of his uh, goal-scoring pace. So I, I don't have the best juju, I'll admit. Um, but th this team, I, I think it's it's Matt Wyrick curse um, avoidant uh, with how it's with how it's built. Uh, it certainly looks apart, like I said, of, of a massive contender uh, in the American League. And with all the talent they have top to bottom and the potential to cover a playoff series, I mean, I'm stoked. It, it's going to be sick. We got to get a tracker on that. Like, you know, if they're, you know, at, at X record, like heading into the uh, the trade deadline or the all-star game, it's like, oh, the, the wire curse. Or, are we kind of, <laughs> are we a little worried about that? But uh, no, I think you'll, I think you'll be fine. I think it might be proof here and maybe you and Rubenstein coming in. That's going to be the, uh, the, the tide turning for, uh, for everyone. But well, um, I will say uh, in my first five games since leaving the Capitals B, Ovi has scored in every game. Of course. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Back. maybe that's been lifted over there. I don't know. Yeah, who could say really? Um, but yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the DC thing and you know covering the nationals, obviously. And you have some proximity here, obviously, as you're growing up and then you're JMU guy, you come back, you cover the DC teams again. Do you have any experiences with Camden Yards yet? And kind of what's been your take on covering the proposed improvements to the area? Because that's another really big storyline that has kind of gotten washed out a little bit with the Burns move and the Rubenstein sale. Yeah, you know, I, I have absolutely loved every trip I've ever made to Camden Yards. I mean, it's 100% one of the, the best ballparks in baseball and has some of the best food in baseball, which uh, is the way to my heart for sure. Um, I, I have a lot of friends who are Orioles fans growing up. You know, with I was born in 97 and the Nats moved to D.C. in 05, so I was eight years old. And uh, I was part of that first generation of fans to kind of grow up with the Nats around. But the, they're still kind of building that fan base around there. So there's a lot of kid, you know friends who had older brothers or parents who were big Orioles fans, and that got passed down to them um, down in Northern Virginia. So there's certainly still a, a massive contingent of Orioles fans down there, and made many trips up 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 to Baltimore. I love the city, uh, love the ballpark, and I think that you know if if they are able to tap into those renovations uh, that they've talked about with Camden Yards. Uh, you know, I have to think that the, the ballpark experience is only going to improve, though. I will say if, if it's true that the um, the press conference view or the sorry, the, the press row view is going to change, uh, which I think it's the best view in baseball for a press corps um, that that will definitely suck. Um, I, I would I would hate to lose that. But um, other than that, I, I think there's only good things to come in that regard. Do you have a favorite uh, hot dog topping? I got to ask. <laughs> I, I, so I'm the least picky eater you've ever met. I will eat absolutely anything and I will uh, load up uh, a hot dog with pretty much everything and anything that is offered to me. So if it's, you know, we're doing cheese and beef and whatever, you know, brisket I've done before. Um, have you ever guys done the, done the Costco? Um, you, you take the, you know, the chicken bake, you mm -hmm. open that up, you put a hot dog in the middle and then you take the cheese off of a piece of pizza and you lay that on on top over the entire thing. It's it's an experience uh, that only God Himself could have passed down. 
uh, it is it is something that uh, I have to recommend you try because it's amazing. So I will, say, yeah, I did try that once. Yeah, I, I see how it, go, it went, but it sounds like it would taste great once. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a lot on the stomach, but the whole thing is only like nine bucks. So like yeah. it's hard to hard to hate that. Costco baby, yeah, that's I, right. I love a good Costco dog. Um, real quick, going back to the press box, you you don't like the Nats press box three and a half miles up in the air? <laughs> I bought a pair of binoculars. I was binoculars guy. Uh, up there and i i got 2020 vision i have no problem seeing but if you want to know who is warming up in the the visitors bullpen out in left field i mean there's no way you're making out you know number 64 versus 68 on somebody's back like you've mm -hmm. got to have some kind of binoculars there so i mean it's cool to get the whole view and you can see the city and stuff behind it which for a long time was filled with um you know construction skyscraper mm -hmm. stuff but now it's finally built out it's a little bit better but yeah you are way up there yeah, you, you won't have that issue at uh, at Camden Yards. But um, anything you're looking forward to doing around the city? Again, you know, if you're going to be in Baltimore, any, any any food spots? Any we recommend Jimmy Seafood, obviously. Um, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah you have yeah, to. Yeah. Um, but again, anything in the city that you're kind of itching to itching to to go see or visit? Well, I'm I'm looking at places to live right now. I still haven't moved up there. I'm still down in Northern Virginia, commuting a little bit. So. Um, Definitely, uh, if you got any recommendations in Fells Point and Canton, those are the kind of the two places I'm looking at. Uh, my wife and I are really excited for the opportunity to, to move up to this new city. Um, obviously, we've been to Baltimore many times, but it's it's another thing to, to live and ingratiate yourself in a completely new environment. So super excited for that. But uh, I've never been to the aquarium. Oh, um, so I don't know. I think I might have gone when I was like five years old, but obviously I don't really remember that. So that is obviously at the top of the list of, of place to go but I, I love food so you know any wrecks you guys got please send them my way i'll check them all out eric do you know the name of the uh pirate booze cruise i did it with spenny once for, uh, oh um, for fran's birthday i don't but yeah we've done it at work um i forget that that's a must do that's an app i forget what it's called but just look up pirate ship booze cruise you hop on it all you can drink and yeah a lot of oh, dancing and just debauchery it's uh it's good for again that's a that's a one-time thing you do it once and you're good but uh yeah a lot of good stuff <laughs> Cat's Eye Pub for a little jazz, you know, and a Guinness, you know, if, if you're into that sort of thing. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff in the Fells Canton area. I'm sure you're going to love it. Hell yeah. Let's get it. Awesome, man. Well, that's uh, pretty much all we got for you. How about you go ahead and plug your social media and all the work you're doing with the sun before we get you out of here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can check me out over on Twitter slash X uh, at by Matt Weirich, and that's W-E-Y-R-I-C-H for those listening. Um, my, my work over at Baltimore Sun is, is rolling out along with Jacob. Uh, who just got to Sarasota today, uh, February 14th. As you said, Valentine's Day, he, I guess, had to, to do dinner plans early. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, super excited for the content we're going to be rolling out for you guys uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, got some some TikTok stuff brewing as well. You know, we're, we're, we're filling it out. So, uh, yeah, you can definitely go check everything out over at BaltimoreSun.com. And, and everything that I write uh, will be put up on my Twitter. Awesome. Well, like I told you in the DM, you're doing a great job and uh, always good to get some uh, new blood in there into the uh, the beat ranks. So uh, thanks for your time here and uh, keep up the great work, okay? Awesome. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks.